Tigers on Cage. Shoot his goal! Jesse and Lance talk Tigers and all things WHL with the voice of the Tigers, Bob Ridley. Tigers players, Tigers alumni, and insiders across the WHL. Here's your host, Jesse and Lance. Episode of Tigers Uncaged, powered by South Country Co-op. My name's Jesse, he's Lance Dahl. We are two guys that love the WHL and the Medicine Hat Tigers, homegrown boys that uh, are fortunate enough to work for the Medicine Hat Tigers. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, good, good. Uh, interesting weekend coming up. We'll see how it goes with uh, games in Edmonton and then Teddy Bear Toss at home against... Uh, Brandon Wheat King. So. It's kind of the bright spot of the weekend, if you yeah, think about definitely. it. The, the, the Teddy Bear Talks. Listen, this is a team that's on a, uh, what is it, 12 games now? Indeed. Not a great past weekend. I, I don't think they play bad. I just think that on the times that they gave up, they they paid for it, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely. Well, definitely. And just whenever they gave one up, they would give up the yeah. two and three in a row after. So Yeah, just an unfortunate one. And we knew it was going to be a tough one. Mm-hmm. I, I was kind of hoping that maybe we beat Brandon to kind of knock off that losing streak, but unfortunately that doesn't happen. But maybe this weekend. We'll talk to Scott Rodland. We'll kind of recap the weekend and what's going on with the Medicine Hat Tigers. And uh, our good friend Adam Jones mm-hmm. is going to join the show. Yeah, ahead of Teddy Bear Toss, find out what it means to the players, to the organization, uh, maybe some of the different groups that are involved in being supported by uh, Teddy Bear Toss this year because it's always such a great event and, and you see it around the Western Hockey League. Uh, it's one of the traditions of the league to do the Teddy Bear Toss, so looking forward to that. Yeah, all goes to a great cause. I mean, people have fun. They bring their teddies that are wrapped up. Mm-hmm. This time you can bring scarves, toques, mittens, all that stuff. Jonesy has all the details, and it's coming up. Come on. Check it out. Tigers Uncaged is powered by South Country Co-op. Tigers! More roar in a minute. When it comes to your choice of beverage, you have your favorites. And when it comes to the place you get your beverages from, Co-op Liquor Stores is the favorite. They carry a huge selection of wine, spirits, local and world beers. Stick to what you love or try something new. Co-op Liquor Stores in Crescent Heights, 13th Avenue, Redcliffe, Dunmore and Strachan Road. All open seven days a week. South Country Co-op. Proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. We've been part of the farming community for generations. Planning. Advising. Getting our boots dirty. Helping farmers thrive and enhance their land. This is core to what we do. Because we believe that each crop should be grown with precision. Grown with care. And grown with purpose. We are a different kind of business. We are building a legacy. We are South Country Co-op. Tigers Uncaged. Let's go! Powered by South Country Co-op. Here's your host. And I reveal myself to you all here. Jesse and Lance. Behold! Welcome back to the podcast, Tigers Uncaged. Huge thank you to South Country Co-op for being a part of this. The Tigers currently, as we are recording this, a 12-game losing streak. And as always, we join up with Scott Roblin, the interim play-by-play for the Medicine Hat Tigers. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you doing, Jesse? I'm doing all right. I mean, uh, week after week, we continue to talk about the the losing streak, that is, of the Medicine Hat Tigers. It was really interesting. Um, Jonesy, we... You know, I mean, to throw it out there, we recorded Jonesy before he's up on this podcast. Uh, he was telling us that, you know, the boys aren't really looking at it at like a 12-game no. losing streak. No. And 
I mean, I don't know if you should. We've talked about it week after week. This is a team, and uh, throughout the week, I've been talking to some Tiger fans. This is not a team that should be on a 12-game losing streak. No, no, I don't believe so. Um, especially when you consider three of those came in overtime losses. Uh, it just has been a, a tough go for them in terms of being able to get any sort of consistent play. And I think even more so this past week, look, defensively there was a lot of struggles for the Tigers in their Manitoba road trip, but they were also dealing with the depleted lineup. They yeah. were missing uh, both Corson Hopwell and Oren Strom going into the weekend. Neither made the road trip, were both injured. And then they were dealing with uh, Lucas Svekovsky, arguably their most important player, who was sick on Friday nights, still played, um, didn't have a great game. He still got a goal, though. And um, and then on Saturday, uh, missed the game due to uh, just the the illness, yeah. just being sick. Um, so here's hoping that he's going to be back in the lineup uh, in time for this week. Luckily for the Tigers, they have had uh, you know six days to prepare for their next opponent, which will be the Edmonton Oil Kings on Friday. But uh, it is just a war of attrition right now for the Tigers because not only are they dealing with the mental side of the game and, and seeing a dozen straight losses, but also with just the physical side. They've been banged up. They've had um, you know some some high end players. I mean, you know, Saturday nights you're you're facing the top team in the country in the Winnipeg Ice, and you're missing two thirds of your top line. It's yeah. it's tough sledding even before the puck drops. And unfortunately, two thirds that top line is kind of the uh, the bread and butter. That's the two guys that are really putting some offense together. Yeah. So you don't have those. That kind of hurts your chances of scoring goals. It does for sure. And I think for the Tigers, you know, offensively, I didn't think they were too bad this weekend. Um, they got some goals, and I mean. You want to talk about a guy seizing an opportunity, Caden Glover, um, a guy who yeah. had never scored in his WHL career coming into the weekend, was in and out of the lineup, not really getting a whole ton of minutes, goes to Brandon for the first time. He's from Brandon, uh, first time ever playing in his hometown uh, at the WHL level, and he scores two goals yeah. <laughs> in his first game, uh, and then his second game uh, of the weekend in uh, his home province, he puts up another goal, tipping a, a slap shot from Gleb Ivanov. So there, there are some silver linings to what's happening right now with the Tigers. While it might not seem that way, and obviously a lot of the focus is being put on the losing skid, mm -hmm. um, there, there are some good things happening, and and that was really good to see this past weekend. Look, defensively for the Tigers, allowing seven goals in back-to-back -back games is a really tough pill to swallow, especially when you look at over the last five games for this team, you've allowed 31 goals over mm -hmm. those five games. Yeah. Um, they've had a lot of trouble keeping the puck out of the net, a lot of trouble defending off the rush, and leaving high-end players open back door. We saw that on Friday nights when Ridley Gregg torched the Tigers for three goals and two assists. Yeah. Um, the, the Tigers need to shore up defensively, especially against those lethal players. They allowed back-to-back -back power play goals in the first uh, 10 minutes of Saturday's game against Winnipeg to Connor McLennan. It's just seemed like over the last few games, whatever top-end player is coming at you for the Tigers, they've allowed big performances. Matthew yeah. Savoy, Connor Bedard, uh, Ridley Gregg, Connor McLennan, Savoy again mm -hmm. uh, on Saturday night. So... It is a young defensive core, but I think these are learning lessons that uh, it's it's no longer facing players who are maybe at your level. You're you're gonna have to rise up to the occasion against some of the top players in the Western Hockey League. You know what was really cool watching the uh, the Brandon game and uh, Noah Danielson playing against his brother. And I was looking, I went to look in the depth chart, and his brother's not really a starting centerman. I think they had him on the second line, but Brandon went and put him in the opening faceoff to start to go up against his brother which I thought was really cool. They were jabbing at each other a little bit. I mean, I know mom and dad were in attendance, so they must have been proud. I heard grandpa. Did you hear about this during the, 
the warm-ups, the dude got hit with a puck. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, the the odds of that are pretty ridiculous. Uh, his parents were both there. They uh, sounded the alarm before the game. Uh, oh, and, cool. Uh, uh, you know, they were each wearing, uh, one was wearing a Wee Kings jersey, one was wearing a Tigers jersey. Uh, and then, of course, uh, for the, the coaches putting the, the players into the starting lineup. And, of course, with Spakovsky playing that night, Danielson usually plays on his wing. And uh, Willie Dujard had moved him to center for that uh, opening draw That's to so take cool. on his brother. So stuff like that you you love to see and is is the cool part about the Western Hockey League when you get something like that and two players who are performing very very well this year um, was was definitely years in the making for the Danielson family. Yeah, I like seeing stuff like that. And uh, so now we look towards the Edmonton Oil Kings, a team that you listen. We have played good against. We have beaten at co-op place before. And you would think that the Edmonton Oil Kings would be done in the trade department. They already have a stacked team. But a blockbuster trade earlier this week making that team even more deadlier. Yeah, a huge, huge trade. The biggest one we've seen in the Western Hockey League this season so far. They acquire captain of the Prince Albert Raiders and uh, Montreal Canadiens prospect Caden Gooley in exchange for Carson Latimer, Eric Johnston, two firsts, and I believe a fourth and a fifth as well. Uh, it's a big package to give up, but yeah. I mean, Caden Gooley, I think, is the, the best junior defenseman in Canada right now. Um, he is so steady with the puck. He is the prototypical big two-way defenseman, a leader. Um, I think there's a very good chance he's going to captain Canada's world junior team coming up uh, this next month. Really? Yep. He was an, an alternate last year. He's going to be one of the returning guys. And he just adds so much to this Oil Kings team that I think coming into this year, you know, you look at – the goaltending position, Sebastian Cosa is one of the best in Canada, so you're solid there. At forward, I mean, you have Dylan Gunther, and uh, Josh Williams is having an unbelievable mm -hmm. season, and uh, you get Jake Neighbors back from the NHL, which is huge for, for the Oil Kings. There was a lot of questions if he was going to come back, and uh, he is in the lineup. Uh, the biggest question marks were on defense for this Oil Kings team, and they go out early in the season, and they get Luke Prokop from the Calgary Hitmen, which was a big ad. Luke huge. Prokop, excellent defenseman in this league. But now with Caden Gooley, they have a true number one defenseman on this team, uh, a guy who can play in every single situation um, and is going to be playing a lot of minutes. And there's a good chance that uh, his debut with the Oil Kings is going to come on Friday night against the Medicine Hat Tigers uh, up Man. in Edmonton. Uh, so for the Tigers, it's uh, a tough opponent Got becomes even tougher here, not only because of Caden Gooley now on the back end, but also this is going to be their first time facing Jake Neighbors yeah. this season, who now has that NHL experience. Like you said, the, the Tigers already have a victory against the Oil Kings, which they'll have to lean on, take the lessons from that game. But now you're facing a team that has four NHL first-round picks on it. And this is a, an Edmonton team that's not only making a run at a WHL championship, they're making a run at a Memorial Cup with a move like this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Gooley, you look at it, he's played 17 games and he got 15 points. So he's averaging around a point a game, right? He, he's good for that. Is, is this a team, is this an Edmonton team that really needed a guy like Gooley? Like, I, I know that obviously it makes them stacked. I believe they had a stacked team regardless with the, with the pro crop trade. I, I personally think it is needed for this team because, look, Luke Prokop, I think, is... I would put him in the top 20 defensemen in the, the Western Hockey League. He's excellent. But this provides you a true game-breaking defenseman and allows you, if you wanted, to space out your defense defenders to have Prokop and Gouley on separate pairings. And this just makes Edmonton so much deeper. Look, they're so deep up front that, you know, Carson Latimer is a great player. He's an Ottawa Senators prospect. But 
this allows you to not only keep the core of this team with Dylan Gunther and Sebastian Cosa and Jake Neighbors, and now you add in Caden Gooley, you also have Jalen Lipen, who's a Chicago Blackhawks pick. You got uh, Jakob Demick, who is a Vegas Golden Knights pick. <laughs> um, you now have Pro Cop. Like, this team, half the roster are NHL draft picks. And I think if you're Edmondson, you realize this is your window. Because Sebastian Kosa, there's a good chance he's going to turn pro next year. Dylan Gunther, good chance he's going to turn pro next year. Jake Neighbors almost entirely is going to turn pro next oh, year. Yeah. Um, almost stuck in the NHL this season. This year is your year, and some teams around the league, you know, playoffs is the goal, and then you see where it goes from there. And then there's some teams like the Edmonton Oil Kings who are in that contender status already who say a league championship isn't good enough. We need to be a top five team in all of Canada to challenge for a Memorial Cup. And I think when you take a look at what uh, Kurt Hill and Brad Lauer are constructing here, this is a team that can challenge. And boy... If it ever gets to the situation where Winnipeg and Edmonton face off in the East Finals, let's say, what what a battle that is going to be. This is going to be, look, Edmonton has had a season, I don't think they've lived up to their potential early in the season. They have a great record and are a top four team in the Canadian Hockey League, but I think they can jump even higher, and I think Caden Gooley has a very good opportunity to push them over the top. Well, I mean, I'm looking at the CHL standings right now, and you look at, the, obviously, Winnipeg Ice, best team in the CHL, I get that, but then maybe it's because we don't get to see these teams as often, but, I mean, the Everett Silvertips are up there as well. The Kamloops Blazers are up there as well. I mean, Edmonton is at, like, fifth, and I feel like that's disrespectful because maybe it's because we see a lot of Edmonton. But maybe Edmonton saw that and said, you know what, we can do better. Because these final four, if this shapes up to be the final four in the WHL, wow, that's going to be some playoff hockey. And any of those four teams can make a run at a Memorial Cup right now. And that's the scary part. And I think for Edmonton, they recognize that. It's not just like there's one team in the Western Hockey League that is the clear-cut standout and is going to get a path to a WHL title. There are so many teams. There's four of them. It's the first time in Canadian Hockey League rankings history that you've had four WHL teams all take up the top four spots. Yeah. Um, uh, the favorites are coming out of the West this year, and it's not just one or two. There's four teams who have a legitimate shot at ending the season, hoisting the Memorial Cup. So anything you can do at this point to try and distance yourself, yourself, I think is going to be big. And we're going to see, I think, more of this as we approach the WHL trade deadline in January. Yeah, I mean, we're not, yeah, I forgot about the <laughs> trade deadline. That's going to be wild. I, I mean, Edmonton, this is their shot, like you said, because they've given up quite a few picks for the trades that they've gotten that you're almost going in all year or all in this year. But I mean, years to come, you may start to struggle. You might, but I think you do that knowing you gave it your best shot. You saw that with the Swift Current Broncos who yeah. have gone through a rebuild the last couple of years, but they won the championship in yep. the WHL. Same with Prince um, Albert. Prince Albert PA. won it. They were incredible. And then they were good, I think, the year after. And then they slowly started to get not even worse, but just not as good. Well, and I think it was funny. I was talking with Joe Frazier um, ahead of Medicine Hat's game in Winnipeg on, on Saturday and facing an opponent like this. He said, you know, we're we're looking at this as David versus Goliath. You know, yeah. we're looking at this. We're relishing the role of the underdog. And for the Tigers heading up to Edmonton uh, on the road once again on this losing streak where they haven't been able to defend facing one of the best offensive units in the WHL, they have to lean into that. That has to be the message. And no, and I know it is the message going into this, but you know, you lose to the Winnipeg Ice, and the next opponent is still a top four ranked team in the Canadian Hockey League. You still have to have that belief that you can beat any team any night.
Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's move on to Team Canada. Uh, they, the junior roster just got announced. Was there any surprises? Yeah, a few. Um, you know, it's a 35-player roster, so it's a little bit smaller than in previous years. But there was a couple players who were left off that kind of were head-scratchers for me. Um, one coming out of the WHL specifically, Matt Savoy. He's leading the league yeah. in scoring. Um, look, he is a draft-eligible player, and... Hockey Canada usually does look at players who are already drafted, those 19-year-olds, 18-year-olds who maybe have already been picked. Um, so I I am surprised just for how productive Matt Savoy is to not even get a camp invite. I thought he would at least get a camp invite. Not sure if he would have made the team. Uh, the one that really is a head-scratcher for me is Brant Clark. I mean, he's a player playing for the Barry Colts, um, recently coming off a, a U18 performance with Team Canada, a gold medal. And has already been drafted eighth overall by the Los Angeles Kings. This is a guy who's already been drafted, is a right-hand shot defenseman, which Canada is a little bit weak on going into this tournament. And probably was going to be, just on paper, a top four defenseman for uh, Team Canada. Not even earning a camp invite. He's got, I believe, if my math is correct, I think somewhere around a point a game as a defenseman in wow. the Ontario Hockey League with Barry, captaining the Barry Colts. I think he's got 23 points in 19 games. Um, very, very surprising. And from the few quotes I've seen out of Hockey Canada, it sounds like they had some concerns about his defensive game. But even then, like, I don't know how you leave an eighth overall pick in the NHL, not even on a, on a camp invite roster. Look, Canada's deep, and they have so many players to choose from, but those were two guys I looked at that uh, that left me questioning a little bit. I don't know if I'm, if I'm throwing out his defensive abilities on there. I mean, your Team Canada, when have you ever won a one nothing game? Right, yeah. like, like your team candidate, your forwards, your fourth line probably is pumping out 30, 40 goals. Well, I think the biggest thing is if Canada was very deep on the right side, I could see an argument. Look, he just got drafted, um, still has some defensive deficiencies, and you know maybe maybe next year if he doesn't turn pro, yeah. we can take him as a nineteen. But to not even invite him to camp <laughs> yeah, right. when you have such a lack of defensemen on the right side and a guy mm -hmm. who can move the puck as well as Brant Clark, um, you know, very, very surprising not to see him on the roster. But um, there's there's many WHLers that have been selected, 15 guys uh, for Team Canada, and they're going to get a shot. I mean, Dylan Gunther is probably going to make the team. Jake Neighbor certainly is going to make the team. Uh, a couple guys we brought up. Um, there's, there's a number of guys, uh, you know, Logan Stankoven in Kamloops. Um, there, Ridley Gregg, there's a good chance he's going to make yeah. the team out of uh, out of Brandon. So uh, I think the Western Hockey League is going to be very well represented uh, for Team Canada moving into this tournament. Now, uh, I, I saw this on your Twitter. Uh, is there any reason as to why Cole Sillinger wasn't even in, invited? Is it because he is playing for the NHL right now? Yeah, and Yarmo Kekalainen has gone on the record saying we would send him to the World Juniors, but only if he was not being a um, productive full-time player on our team and Cole Sillinger is averaging around 15 minutes a game playing a middle six role he's not even getting fourth line minutes I know um he is just a player that is thriving in the National Hockey League and this isn't just a Cole Sillinger related situation this happens quite a bit if a player is draft eligible or world junior eligible but they are succeeding at the uh the NHL level I mean a, an extreme situation like that was when Connor McDavid was in his second year with the Oilers he technically could have played at the world juniors but once you're already a mainstay in the NHL that's usually the case. Now, last year was a little bit different when Kirby Doc got sent back from Chicago, but I wouldn't say he was a mainstay in Chicago's lineup. He was playing third, fourth line in and out of the lineup some nights, um, 
But I think with Cole Sillinger, he's just carved out such a spot in that Blue Jackets roster that they're they're not going to be giving him up. Now, why do you think? Because we have to remember, this kid's 18 years old, and he has made a name for himself in Columbus. You look at the Columbus Twitter, they're having a, 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 a hell day. of a time with him, right? <laughs> Even the fans love this kid. And it's you don't see it very often, an 18-year-old putting up the minutes he is. Why do you think he's not getting as much recognition as he deserves? Is this because of the team that he's on? Is Columbus like the forgotten team where it's like, nah, they're there, you have an 18-year-old, great. Like In my mind, not saying he's a McDavid or a Crosby, but I believe he should be the poster boy for the NHL right now. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely make that argument. I think a big reason why he's not is the rookie class he is in. It's a lot of guys who were drafted the year prior. So, I mean, Lucas Raymond, um, even going back a couple years more at Cider for Detroit, those are two guys who are re- really leading the way in terms of the Calder race. Um, you know, Cole Sillinger is being very productive, but I think the big difference is is he's still he's putting up a decent amount of points and being productive and being a relied-upon guy, but he's not, I, I would say, as dynamic this season mm. as some other rookies have been. And where where there's flash, there's fire, and mm. that's where the attention usually focuses. I mean, Lucas Raymond's playing top-line minutes, and Moritz Sider's playing top pairing, and, um, you know, Cole, he's not necessarily at that level. That's not taking away anything he's doing, because what he's doing as an 18-year-old is pretty remarkable. But I could see, you know, once he gets this experience under his belt and then starts to add a bit more of his offensive game and a bit more presence, um, I could see that changing and more people becoming aware of what Cole Sillinger is doing. And, yeah, it's very rare what he's doing as an 18-year-old right now. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, I mean, it always hurts that he's not a part of the Tigers right now, but we still got to be proud of what he's accomplished so far. Uh, last one before we let you go, because I always appreciate when you come on here. Teddy Bear Toss yes. Saturday night, uh, taking on the Brandon Wheat Kings. Uh, it's always fun to kind of choose who you think is going to score that Teddy Bear goal, and uh, I'd love to get your thoughts. Who do you think is going to score that goal? <laughs> Well, um, if you ask Garen Bjorklund, he thinks he's going to score the oh, ball. Oh, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> Man. We, we were, he was doing media last week and uh, just asked, you know, who do you think is going to score the goal? He said, well, obviously me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, look, if Corson Hoppo doesn't play this week, that opens the door quite a bit for younger guys to have a shot at this. And it's such a cool honor, whether you look at, you know, Matt Bradley or Dave Quenville or, or um, Brett Kemp or guys in Did recent Gerlach years. Did ever have one, too? Gerlach had one. Yeah. Um, you look at those guys, and it, it it's something that you put on your resume. Yeah. You know? It's it's not something that's going to get you to the next level, but it's something cool that you, no one can ever take away from you that you scored the teddy bear toss goal. Um, and I think there's a lot of young guys on this roster that are going to have an opportunity for it. I think one guy that's been buzzing around the net and is looking for a goal and it'd be a pretty special moment to get his first of the year, I'm going to say Tyler McKenzie. Nice one. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. I mean, if Svekoski's in the lineup, he's kind of the good safe chance. bet because you know that the <laughs> way that guy's shooting right now is going to go in. I also would love to see uh, Hot Ass get one yeah. just for the call, yeah. just so you can just go nuts about Hot Ass scoring the goal. And then that will live on yes. in Tigers it, history it for me. <laughs> <laughs> forever. Uh, I can't wait. It's always fun when the teddy bear toss. You never know when it's going to happen. You hope that it happens early. But uh, it's always one of those nights where you know you're going to get a good crowd and you know you're going to get a good game. And hopefully, I mean, minus that third period against Brandon, I would say it was a good back-and-forth game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Brandon took a bit of an early lead. But the nice thing with the teddy bear toss night is no matter if it's a 12 or 13 or 20 game losing streak you're on. It's always a special night that the team gets excited and juiced up for. So, um, 
having that and also having uh, the aspect of giving back to the community, something the Tigers just haven't been able to do the last couple of years due to COVID and community appearances have been few and far between. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a big night and a real celebration of Tigers hockey. Yeah, and coming up, we'll talk to Jones, Adam Jones from the Medicine Hat Tigers. He'll tell us all about the teddy bear toss happening on Saturday. As always, Roblin, it is a pleasure to have you. Thank you, buddy. Thanks. Appreciate it. More Hockey Talk on the way with Tigers Uncaged. by South Country Co-op. For over 60 years, South Country Co-op has been part of our community. Families gathering around the table to talk about their day, share stories, laugh together, and just be there for one another. The meal on the table that brings families together is from South Country Co-op. Fresh local ingredients on amazing deals for you every single week. And their app gets you access to their flyer, locations, hours, and more. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. If we asked your car how it felt, it wouldn't respond. It's a car. But if we added some magical pixie dust and then asked, it still wouldn't answer. That only happens in the movies. But if we ask how you felt about having to fill your car, you'd probably say, I wish I got something out of it. Well, co-op members earn money on every liter filled at co-op gas bars. Fill up today on Strachan Road, 13th Avenue, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Redcliffe, Eagle Butte, and Dunmore, and Oyen. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. The talk of Tigertown. Great moments born and great opportunity. Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance, powered by South Country Co-op. Good friend of the show, part of the Medicine Hat Tigers, Adam Jones joins us. Hey, how you doing, buddy? I'm so good, you guys. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing wow. all right. We're doing all right. First off, we have to throw this out. I mean, what what is going on with the Medicine Hat Tigers? It's been a... We've talked about it on, on the podcast before that, listen, it, it's a losing streak that stinks, but this team is not playing like a team that has lost 12 straight games. You know, and that's the thing. And you're exactly right. And even like right now, I'm watching the guys on the ice in practice. And they're not down. They're not out. They're excited. They're having fun. They're here to win. They're they're out to get better every single day. Um, they're a young team. And there's going to be some bumps along the road. You know, we've been in just about every one of those games in the 12 break here or there. You know, and it's a different story. We're not talking about 12 in a row. So Yeah, that's so true. And I mean, when you think about the one-goal games and the overtime games, but uh, it, it's good to see they, they have an effort every single night. It would be a different story, and we'd be talking about this a lot differently if it was bad effort after bad effort, but you see them trying really hard. So uh, that's about all you can ask for. Jonesy, coming up this weekend, very exciting, as uh, we get to see the Teddies flood co-op place. At long last, the Teddy Bear Toss has come back. To yeah. play. Man, it's fantastic. You know, it's one of the one of the biggest events for the Tigers every year, not just the Tigers, for the WHL in general. An opportunity to give back to the community and an opportunity for the players to showcase their skills and to give back as well. It's something they all pride themselves on. Everybody wants to get that teddy bear toss school. I know that the attendance hasn't been where it's at in years past, not just for the Tigers, but I mean in WHL mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. This is the game. If you have wondered which game, if you want to go, if you don't want to go, this is the game you go to because teddy bear toss every year is so much fun. You get to toss a teddy on the ice as soon as the Tigers score, but I think you can do uh, even more than a teddy bear this year, right? Yeah, that's right. We're always asking for donations of teddy bears, two scarves, uh, scarves mitts, um, all kinds of winter gear, anything that can help out. What we ask is we ask people to bring everything, put it in a plastic bag. When the Tigers score their first goal, throw that stuff on the ice and let that first fly. Uh, Jonesy, a lot of people might be curious as to where some of these uh, teddies, when they get thrown on the ice, where do they go? All of the teddy bears, so everything we collect, all of the winter gear and all the teddy bears, all get split up and donated equally between the Salvation Army, uh, Medicine Hat and District Health Foundation, 
um, the Women's Shelter Society and the Santa Claus Fund. Nice. And it's just so cool to see the leadership group, like when they hand out mm -hmm. the teddy bears to the kids. Not sure if they're going to be able to do it this year, but I know in years past, just the 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 look on those kids' faces when they get to meet the Tigers and get a teddy bear, That that's kind of what it's all about. You know, that's it right there. Um, you know, and it's one of those things where the captains or whoever scores the goal and the captains, they're always extremely excited to be able to go to the hospital and meet the kids. And in the last couple of years, we've uh, been able to go down into the seniors ward and spend a little bit of time with those guys as well. And when you leave the hospital, you can kind of sit back and you can hear the players talking to each other um, about what an experience it was and how cool it was. And, hey, did you see the look on that kid's face when we came in? And, hey, that old guy, like, he just lit up when we walked in the room. It's, it's, really, it's a really neat thing to be a part of. Yeah, it's, it's one of those experiences in junior hockey, and we see it so much with, you know, head coach Willa Desjardins and the Tigers and what he believes in and integrating the team into the community. But those types of experiences with uh, young and old, they, they really shape who these players become. Yeah, they absolutely do. Um, 100% they do. Going out on these kind of ideas – um, dropping off toys, giving back to the community. Um, Willie really, really preaches community. Um, mm -hmm. The community has been really good to the Tigers, and we like to do anything we can to give back to the community wherever possible. Well, looking forward to it. It is the Teddy Bear Toss game happening Saturday, December the 4th against the Wheat Kings. Get your tickets at ticks.ca. Also, Jonesy, I have to throw this out. Um, I got to say kudos to you and your team because we just had that game against Regina. CBC Gem was covering the mm -hmm. game, and usually when CBC does something like that, they would take their own feed. They'd have their own camera guys, but they decided that they wanted to have our feed. So what you know, what we usually do at the Tiger game, that was on CBC Gem, and I think a lot of the praise goes to you, my friend. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I, I will, of course, pass that praise along to the crew. Our crew does a fantastic job. Um, we're very lucky with the crew we bring in. They come in and work every night, and they work their best. Um, fantastic at what they do, and it is. It's an absolute testament to the crew that um, CBC picked us up for that game. You uh, you didn't make me sound any better on the color that night, but I appreciate you nonetheless, <laughs> Jonesy. Thanks, buddy. Hey, thanks, guys. More Tigers uncaged in seconds. That's how winning is done. Powered by South Country Co-op. When it comes to washing your ride, the most important thing is... Water pressure. Without it, dirt, bugs, birds, business, and everything else stays on. Thankfully, South Country Co-op Extreme Car Wash has the... Water pressure. State-of-the-art laser touchless car wash from South Country Co-op. Four locations, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Crescent Heights, and Strachan Road. This is your best wash. This is Extreme touchless car wash from South wash. Country Co-op. You're at home here. Water pressure. When it comes to your choice of beverage, you have your favorites. And when it comes to the place you get your beverages from, Co-op Liquor Stores is the favorite. They carry a huge selection of wine, spirits, local and world beers. Stick to what you love or try something new. Co-op Liquor Stores in Crescent Heights, 13th Avenue, Redcliffe, Dunmore and Strachan Road. All open seven days a week. South Country Co-op. Proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. Jesse and Lance are back with more Tigers Uncaged. Fast and fearless, baby. Here we go. Powered by South Country Co-op. Well, that'll do it for the 10th episode of Tigers Uncaged. Really looking forward to Saturday night. I know the Brandon Wheat Kings are in town. Could be a different game. I, I think, I mean, it doesn't help that you get the Edmonton Oil Kings. They're a great team. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, hoping that maybe the power of co-op place everyone bringing their teddies maybe that'll be the game 
that we turn it around and we start a winning streak. Yeah, hopefully they're able to get a little bit healthier over this weekend as well. I mean, last game that they played was last weekend. I mean, in Winnipeg, you don't have Svekovsky, Hopwell, or Owen, Orange Strom, rather. And so hopefully you get some bodies back because not only do you have games Friday, Saturday, but then you have, what, Tuesday, Wednesday, I yeah. think, of next week. You're back out in Brandon and Regina. So uh, you, have, you have a tough stretch of games coming up. So if, if you're the Tigers, get as healthy as possible. Ideally, get a win either one of these two games. I don't even care if it's on the road in Edmonton or at home in Brandon. Just find a way to, to win one if you can and, and feel better about your game. As, as we close in on uh, on the end of this first part of the season and Christmas break coming up. Very interesting to hear Jonesy say that, you know, the, the boys aren't really thinking about losing streaks. They're going out there, they're playing, they think they're playing okay, and, I mean, they are. We, we've yeah, talked about it before. Yeah. That, uh, you know, there is no mention of a 12-game losing streak. Kind of, it, it is what it is. And uh, Saturday, I, I don't want to predict any scores or any wins or anything like that. Let's predict... Who's going to score that teddy bear toss? Oh, the teddy bear goal. Who do you got scoring the infamous teddy bear toss goal? Uh, Can I give you two options? Please. Because I'm really torn on both. And I'm going off off the board from from the the top of the score sheet that you would expect. Okay. One, Ashton Furster, Mm -hmm. because he's been playing so well lately and seems to score almost every night now, uh, at least one goal. And the other pick is Teague Patton, because he's been playing really well. If Orange Strom gets back in the lineup Saturday and uh, playing with Tyler McKenzie, that line's been incredible all season. Uh, Teague, when when he seems to be buzzing, finds a lot of opportunities around the net. Tyler McKenzie's one of the best playmakers on this Tigers team. So yeah. I think either Furster or Patton scores. I, I mean, I I, I got to go with Svekovsky. Yeah. He's the guy that rides yeah, the that's, hot That's hand. outside of Svekovsky. That, yeah. That's the, the easy one to pick. I'm also going to go with hot ass. I would like that too. I would like hot ass. I want Bogdans to score. To score the teddy bear uh-huh. toss goal. And then I'm going to replay Scott Roblin talking about it over and over again. Oh, just talking hot about hot ass. With ass the goal. Wouldn't that be something, eh? Hot ass. Just loop it. The savior. Mm-hmm. The teddy bear toss game. What about a, a, a goaltender goal somehow? Man. I don't know how that would or happen. Or Gleb. But... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gleb could score too. A really fun one-two punch defensively. Uh huh, uh huh. And they they can play with different players. Yeah. So I mean they can play with each other obviously and be really really effective, but they can get thrown around and mix around the six D and and everyone seems to to blend well. But yeah, maybe one of the newcomers or or Teague Patton or Ashton Furster for me. That's who I want. Teague is a good one. Uh, well, hopefully we'll see you down at the game Saturday night. It's always a fun time when it's Teddy Bear Toss game. Uh, tickets are still available. Ticks. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you download. We could not do this if it wasn't for you and South Country Co-op. This has been Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by South Country Co-op. Thanks to all of our show contributors. Thank you for your help. Be looking for a new Tigers Uncaged podcast every week during hockey season.